Good morning, my friends, and welcome to Morning Glory. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. So happy that you're here with me this morning. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. We'll take off from there in just a moment. Let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. We're going to be glad and rejoice in it. We thank you for taking such good care of us. We thank you that your mercies are new every single morning. So, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for fresh bread, fresh revelation from your word. Let it flow today. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And we all agree and we receive and say amen. Praise the Lord forever. Today, I would like, I would like to talk about refreshing through fasting. I know that in the body of Christ, the word fasting still um, is just a word that I think some Christians have a hard time embracing. They think um, uh, that fasting is something that is going to take away from your enjoyment. But everything that God has planned, that God has sanctioned, is actually for our betterment. And it will bring us into greater levels of happiness and joy. It will also bring us into uh, greater realms of peace and contentment and also the blessings of the Lord. So we want to talk about fasting today because uh, while it is a very detailed subject and I certainly can't cover it all in one message, I just want to give some highlights and, and encourage you to fast. This is something that is important. I believe it's one of the, one of the heavy primary spiritual disciplines along with prayer, study of the Word of God, when, uh, and also with giving as well. When you combine these things together and also you fast, you really um, begin to, I guess I could use the word fast track, God's plan for your life. And I think fasting is really good if you ever feel stuck or if you feel like you've been on a plateau uh, I know sometimes that happens in athletics where an athlete, uh, maybe if they're a runner, they just can't, they can't uh, get a, a faster time. Maybe if they're a weightlifter or strength training, they're stuck on a certain uh, maximum weight that they can lift or move, and, and so there's a plateau. So when things like that happen in the natural, what you have to do is you have to make a change. Uh, in the natural, your body, let's take strength training for a moment, uh, your body will adapt and it will, it will plateau off on a certain level and you have to, they sometimes say shock your muscles. I don't know if that's probably the best way to describe it, but you have to come from a different angle because your body is used to responding like this, responding like this, and then it'll eventually taper off. And if you don't change that format, then your, your gains are not going to continue to grow. So you're going to have to make some adjustments, do something fresh, do something new. I do think fasting should be something that is, you know, not rare, but should be something that's integrated into our Christian walk. Praise the Lord. Doesn't mean that you always need to swing for the bleachers every time and try to hit a grand slam by saying that I mean you don't always need to do a 40 day fast. Sometimes when I mention fasting, people's mind just automatically goes to 40 days and, you know, then it's kind of like tilt. Whoosh, you know, they think, well, there's no way I can do that. But even, even three days or five days, just one day can really do some things to begin to do a refreshing in your life. So 
if you feel stuck, if you feel spiritually lethargic, I would encourage you to just come in from a different angle, change things up a little bit, and do some fasting. And when you begin to come off of that fast, you're going to begin to see a lot of the benefits of being able to hear from God much, much better. And, and some people have been in the church for a long, long time, and while they have had the guidance of the Holy Spirit through what we would call the inward witness, as mentioned in Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 16, while there is the guidance of the Holy Spirit through the inward witness, there is still uh, the leading of God by the Holy Spirit through the voice of God. And so those are directions. And some of the great blessings I've had in life, uh, in, and in many ways, some of the great results I've had in ministry have simply been because I heard God tell me something. Uh, it, and it was beyond an inward witness. It was, it was the, the Word of the Lord coming to me, telling me to do a certain thing. And when I did that, uh, of course, anything that you do that God says to do is going to work, because God uh, is initiating it. So, I believe for some of you that, that by doing some fasting with prayer, you're going to actually begin to hear from Heaven's headquarters and receive instructions where there's no doubt. Uh, see, when, when you really hear from God, it's not like, well, I, I really don't know if that was God or not. No, when you really do hear from God, you know you've heard from the Lord, and re it removes all guesswork. So I'm believing that many of you will step into situations like this, and you will begin to walk in this consistently. But let's talk a little bit today about fasting, because it brings a great element of refreshing into your life. So maybe if you feel a little bit of fatigue on the journey, if you feel a little bit, uh, maybe you could even use the word boredom, uh, that can sometimes get into anything that's a long-term project, such as your work. You know, if you, if you just go to work every day and uh, you do that every every year, eventually you need a break. Um, I remember uh, years back when I was working at a certain job, uh, you know, you had two weeks off out of the year that were just paid vacation. And of course, everybody was looking forward to their two weeks off, and they would take the vacation time because, you know, you're going to get paid while you're gone. But there was one guy there that he would get his paid vacation money, and he would stay and keep on working. That's <laughs> just, he would never take a day off. The only time he would ever take a day off was when, like, the factory would close, um, you know, like for Christmas or just something like that. Outside of that, he was just like a robot. And there came a year when the the factory manager said, look, you, he said, I'm not letting you um, just work through your vacation again. He said, for your the sake of your mental uh, health, you're going to have to take the two weeks off. Now, uh, today, with all of the rules that are out there, uh, they, they would probably... Uh, you know, you can't do that anymore. They're going to require you to take your time off and and uh, and just be away from work. But some some people they just push so hard, and maybe life can get into like a little bit of a uh, monotonous uh, where you lose the color, and you you just you want to get that vibrancy back in your life. That is where fasting will bring the refreshing in that you're looking for. Now, what we're talking about is something that's spiritual in the sense that it's from God, and that it's very good for you. And while it is good to have vacations, and it is good to take care of yourself and enjoy life, really, fasting and time dedicated and devoted to the Lord 
will do some things for you that no vacation could ever do. Woo, praise the Lord. We'll talk, we'll talk about that today. Praise God. By the way, when you fast, most people that I know, including myself, when I'm fasting, it's very, very rare when I have time to go away and fast because there's usually too much going on. And I know that's probably the same for you. You're working, you know, 40 hours a week, maybe some of you a little bit more, some a little bit less, but you, you don't really have that ability to, you know, just, just leave and go to a retreat and just lay out before the Lord and fast. Uh, those times are wonderful when they can happen. But we'll talk today from the perspective of fasting while you're still working and uh, how you can do that. You know, I just had a, a very dear minister friend called me and he just finished a 10 day water fast and he wanted me to pray a blessing over his life and his ministry uh, at the conclusion of the fast. He lives in Nigeria, so he called me and I, I prayed for him. But he had the blessed privilege of just being able to take the entire 10 days and go off to a, re a retreat and just lay out before the Lord, spend the whole time uh, in prayer before the Lord and just waiting on the Lord. And I think that's great on a water fast because I know for myself, if I fast with water, uh, my energy level just goes whoo, just like that. And there's no way I could work. There's no way I can even really preach or teach if I'm on a water fast because I don't have uh, the energy. Now, here's something uh, that's interesting. We all have different chemistry in the sense that what works for some might not work for others. But I had another uh, pastor friend, he was doing a water fast, and even on day 30, he was, um, I mean, he was just like the Energizer Bunny. I mean, he was like moving around and talking and uh, just uh, doing all kinds of stuff. And uh, you, you wouldn't even know he was fasting from the perspective of he, he didn't look fatigued. He didn't look tired. Uh, you, you couldn't even tell. So everybody's different. And he was doing nothing but water. And uh, it's different for everybody. But for me, if I just do water, I'm just like pretty much wiped out. I just need to lay down and uh, stay in a quiet place and just spend time with the Lord. But uh, what will work for most people is a liquid fast. And on a liquid fast, you're just drinking whatever is necessary to keep you going. That could be vegetable juice. It could be fruit juice. Uh, some people go a little bit further. They'll take chicken broth or beef stock. Of course, not with any beef or chicken in it, you know, no chunks of meat, but just, you know, real thin uh, stock, and they mix it with hot water, and that can certainly help also. I think sometimes when people are, bring, uh, are drinking beef broth and chicken broth, what they're really looking for are uh, I know they want the taste, and the taste can help the soul, but I think they're craving salt. So sometimes when you realize what your body is actually wanting, maybe you can uh, just, you know, do something else, like drink a V8, which for, for some reason just seems to be loaded with salt. <laughs> I know it's got a lot of tomato in it, <laughs> but uh, if you need that salt thing. See, a lot of times people start fasting, they have a great urge for potato chips, or and I get hit with that potato chip thing, but some it, what it is it's it's a it's a thing for salt, and so and also for minerals. So if you drink vegetable juice, uh, and you have a little bit of salt on that or mixed in that, that will help take that edge off where you're not wanting to rip a bag of potato chips open. I, I know one minister, he actually wrote a uh, a book on fasting just like I did, and uh, he admitted in his book that he was 
you know, quite a ways into a fast and for whatever reason got hit with the potato chip thing. And it, you see, the more he thought about it, he, he, the more he just got weaker and he had a breakdown and just tore the bag open and ate the giant bag, ate the entire bag and said, Lord, I really messed my fast up. But um, he repented before the Lord because he, he made a commitment to go the whole time and give that time to the Lord. So he had failed. But he said, Lord, I'm just going to go ahead and finish this whole fast anyhow. Uh, I think he blew the fast on day 18, but he still went on and did 40 days after um you know, uh, having eaten a bag of potato chips. Some people will say, well, that's not a real fast. Well, you know, 18 days is pretty good. And then, well, you know, 20 something after that, uh, that's pretty good. So 40 days with no food except for uh, one interlude of chips, uh, that's pretty good. It reminds me of the, the young teenage girl one time that did 40 day fast on a, on a milk, on just milkshakes. And somebody told me later, well, that's not a real fast, but but yet they had never gone 40 days on anything, you know, without, without any, you know, on any type of fast. So uh, the Lord was honoring what she was doing. I actually talked to her on day 40. It was the last day of her fast, and she had drank, uh, drank nothing but milkshakes. Uh, that's not really my thing, but uh, she was way ahead of me as a teenager. I mean, when I was a teenager, I didn't even know what fasting was. And so here she was as a teenager, and she's completing a 40-day fast. Well, and, and the glory of the Lord was all over too. It was a very, very uh, precious thing. So I'm just saying, find what works for you uh, as an adult. And uh, those of you that are, I would suspect are further along in the Lord, I wouldn't encourage you to do uh, milkshakes. Uh, I think you could probably rise to a higher level uh, than that. But, you know, some people, they're just starting out. They're trying to do the best they can. That's totally fine. I don't even judge it. I just would say try to stay with the thinnest liquids, and you'll find out that you actually can you can do that. You can go. For, you can use apple juice or something like that. Uh, whatever works for you. I like orange juice, but I usually drink just the low acid orange juice because um, when I was younger and I would fast, when I when I was in my thirties, I could just drink regular orange juice all the time and it wouldn't bother me. But as I got, uh, you know, kept on moving through life, I found out that the acid, me and the acid, weren't doing too well. So I I can go to the grocery store today and get the, um, for me, it's the Minute Maid low acid orange juice, and I could just drink that stuff and, you know, just keep on going, and, you know, it, it gives you the energy you need, but just find what works for you, and there are great benefits, great refreshing released through fasting. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So he has now been filled with the Holy Spirit, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward when they had ended, he was hungry. Praise the Lord. I'm sure he was. That was his limit. Um, at 40 days he reached the limit where all of his fat reserves were consumed. And that's a very dangerous spot. You have a very short window uh, to start eating again before your body turns inward, because all of the, all of the fat and all of those things that, that can be burned up, they've, all the fuel has been burned up. So your body will actually start to go into a starvation mode where it begins to consume healthy stuff like muscle tissue and things like that. So when you are on a long fast and you have reached your duration and your hunger kicks in, 
uh, that's the last end of the road signal that says you need to start eating now because the body's saying we don't have anything else we can burn up. So you need to get food quick. And that is when uh, Satan came to tempt him. Now Jesus reached that point uh, which is right at the end of the reserves at 40 days. Uh, I'm a little bit thinner. I know where my I know exactly what day I can go to if I go on water. And, it's, and that'll take me to a point where, where Stephen Brooks doesn't have anything left. And so I don't, I don't like going that far. I've done that uh, with water just once, just once. And that was the end of the road for me. I was so skinny I, I could hide behind a flagpole. <laughs> and you couldn't see me. Whoo, hallelujah. It was, it was just all, anything that could be burned, it was burned. And that was the end of the line. And I, I was so fatigued that I, I, it felt like my legs, like each leg weighed 500 pounds. It took great effort just to put one leg in front of the other. And so when I had reached that point in hunger, I got, I got just touched with that hunger. I knew it was time to start eating again. So those are things you, you learn. And again, as, as I'm talking today, this is more of a light talk. I'm not really talking about, you know, long-term go as far as you can. And, you know, this is not like swim across the Pacific ocean, you know, see how far you can go. This is more just like incorporate fasting into your life, stay tapped into that spiritual discipline and you'll be blessed. And uh, because it's, it's better just to be consistent instead of trying to, you know, always like, you know, do the epic fast. I had a, uh, a dear pastor, uh, he texted me the other day and he said, I'm really praying about doing, and he's a little younger in the Lord in these things. He said, I'm really praying about doing a 120 day fast. I, said, <laughs> I texted him back. I said, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a good idea. So um, that's just, first of all, not realistic because um, you're going to get in trouble doing that. Uh, even if you're doing, uh, I've, I've never heard good reports about those, those types of things. Now, I have heard people that have gone over 100 days, but the people that I've heard who have done that, I've never met one Christian who's done that. Uh, the people I've heard do those types of things, uh, I've never met any of them or heard any reports of any of them being believers, much less sp uh, spirit-filled believers. So you have to be real careful with things like that. I'm not saying that wouldn't be the case. There probably are some exceptions where there have been those who've gone a long time. Uh, and I'm not teaching about the mystics either because uh, that, that's a different uh, rule. There are certain rules, but there are going to be exceptions to certain rules, such as people like St. Therese Newman, uh, others, uh, Joseph of Cupertino, and many others. Uh, Teresa Newman went, uh, I believe it was 38 years, no food and no water. It's that's supernatural. She was living completely off communion, being served the Holy Communion uh, once every day. So, you know, she was monitored 24 hours around the clock for quite some time as there were skeptics in her days, just like there were today. And uh, she was pretty much uh, bulletproof in their sense that this thing is valid, this thing is real. So, but again, I'm not talking about those type of situations. That also is a ministry gift or a grace gift to be able to do that. And um, uh, St. Nicholas, uh, the great saint of Switzerland, he also was a person that just went off and uh, lived off of communion and lived his life in intercession and prayer. Uh, no food for uh, over a decade at least and no water either. Uh, just living off communion and living off basically uh, the life of Christ flowing into him. So uh, 
that is, I wouldn't say it's rare, but it's uh, in church history, but it's definitely not common. So we're sticking more with the basics here today. So just relax. Praise the Lord. You don't have to go 10 years with no food. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. For, for some 10 days would be an epic experience. And you have to realize also that that most people have never fasted in their life. Most Christians have uh, have never fasted. It is, it's extremely rare to meet any believer who's who's gone over ten days uh, fasting. But I tell you what, uh, although this is a discipline that's not practiced much, uh, um, and I really feel a compassion for those who don't understand it. They think maybe it's legalism. They think it's a form of asceticism. They think that. Uh, you know, you don't really see enough scriptural baggage for doing it, but I see plenty of scriptures. And, you know, it's not like we have an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. That's not true. We have the same God, but we have an old covenant and we have a new covenant. But throughout the scriptures, old and new, uh, with the various covenants, I still see a strong uh, emphasis for fasting, for prayer, for walking close to the Lord, and it will really do some amazing things in your life. Now verse 13, it says, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Verse 14, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. So he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. He's already been filled with the Holy Spirit. That, that happened before he even went on the 40-day fast. That happened at the River Jordan after he was baptized by John, and the Spirit came upon him. So he was filled with the Spirit then, but it says now after the 40-day fast and the time of prayer, all of that is completed. It says he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. So what we have here is a great example that demonstrates to us that that fasting and prayer is primarily there's they can have other reasons also but it's primarily a platform for what spiritual empowerment okay so look at that again then Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee when after the 40 days of prayer and fasting were completed praise the lord thank you lord Jesus so i believe that the Holy Spirit will empower you as you seek the Lord. You know, when you, when you fast and pray, layers and layers of fleshly nature are just taken off of you like old garments, dirty old garments. They just begin to come off. And when you come off uh, a fast and you complete it, your, your time of dedication, you've completed it, which is also a time of consecration. When that is completed, uh, you know, I, I tell you, light breaks forth. You see things with new eyes, light breaks forth. And, you know, you may walk in that, that fresh revelation, that fresh glory for six months or for four months, and then you, may, you just might sense, you know, I need to do a, another fast, maybe, maybe three days, maybe five days or something like that, and you just get that, that freshness back. So that's something that you want to keep. And again, if you feel a little bit dull, a little bit flat, I would encourage you to do some fasting along with your prayer. Now, I do know there's quite a few mothers who watch this program, and some of you are uh, nursing mothers, you have little children, and so obviously this is not going to uh, work for you at this time when you're nursing your children. So, you know, you have to use wisdom in these things so that you don't get yourself in trouble. And so take care of yourself. Just use common sense when you're fasting. I, when I was younger, pushed myself too hard sometimes when I was fasting.
And, you know, I have a book called Fasting and Prayer, and in that book I tell the funny story, although it wasn't very funny when it happened, when I had been doing a fast and was doing okay, but felt kind of weak, and I was moving one of these speakers in the church, and uh, up until that point, I, uh, I was doing okay on my fast, but when I, uh, when I moved that big speaker, it just d- drained all of my energy. And then later I had to preach, and in the middle of my preaching in front of the church members, uh, it's like it's like the room began to spin, and I collapsed in front of the church. <laughs> Why? I had pushed myself too hard uh, with fasting, and I shouldn't have lifted that heavy weight. And so, you know, while while uh, I was laid out, they put actually put me on the front uh, pew and laid me out, and uh, I asked my my daughter Jennifer to go get me some grape juice. And uh, she went and grabbed the bottle of grape juice and brought it to me. What I didn't know is that she had grabbed the wrong bottle. We were uh, sharing a facility with another church, and the other church had their bottle of grape juice in there. And that bottle of grape juice was, I think we checked it later, I think it was 14 years old. I guess they didn't take communion very often. Well, when my daughter went to grab the grape juice for me, uh, she didn't grab our grape juice, she grabbed their grape juice. And she brought it to me, and I didn't look at the bottle because I'm half out of it, and I just start drinking. I said, just hand it to me. That'll help me to recover. And I start drinking it, and uh, it was like drinking like gasoline or something. It was so bad. <laughs> so uh, I already had canceled the service for the day. When that happened, I canceled the service for the whole week. I knew this was going to take a little time to recover. But all is well. Uh, no, no harm done, but a good lesson learned. Don't push yourself too hard. When you're younger, you can, you can probably push a little bit harder that's okay. But you also still want to be wise. You don't want to do anything that would hurt yourself because the Lord wouldn't be in that. But let me see if I can balance this also. Your flesh is never going to want to fast. So it's not like, you know, you're going to die if you do a fast, unless you have some kind of medical condition and the doctor uh, is advising you not to. But outside of that, um, you, need, you need to do some fasting. Because some people, they're just like, oh, you don't need to fast. If you fast for two days, you might die. No, you won't die. You could probably go 40 days, actually. So, um, you know, our bodies are pretty amazing. They're pretty amazing. So just let the Holy Spirit lead you. But I would encourage you to do some type of fasting. Jesus, when He uh, was teaching, he, He talked about when you pray and when you give. And He also talked about when you fast. So it's not if you pray, it's when you pray. Uh, it's not if you give. No, it's when you give. These are things that you're just supposed to do. And so it's not if you fast, it's when you fast. So we have a duty to fast. We have a duty to pray. I think the church is okay with the praying and the giving, but the church still likes to dance around the subject of fasting. And by not engaging and practicing clearly what Jesus taught, the church is missing out on one third of a, a three part great truth. And we just need to accept it, walk in it, and you start walking in it, you'll find out, hey, this is, this is loaded with benefits. What in the world have I been missing by not doing this? So you begin to uh, move into these things and receive the blessing from them. Praise God. Uh, there is a, a grace to fast, especially for longer fasts. There's no question about that. I think it takes uh, a grace from God to do 40 days. I know that there's people in the world who are not saved, who are not born again, uh, people from other religions, they fast, and maybe they'll do 40 days. But, you know, I'm not just talking about doing something as a religious work. I'm talking about something where you really grow close to the heart of God. And to do that 
in the eyes of the Lord where it's pleasing. I believe it takes the grace of God and the Holy Spirit to just help you along the way. So if that grace lifts, then you can just end your fast and you can conclude. Uh, I was on day 21 of a fast one time and I was planning on going 40 days, but um, the, the, the hunger came back so strong. I had actually just completed 21 days. So maybe technically it was day 22. But the hunger just surged back so strong, and I'm trying to push it off because I'm like, no, no, I want to, I want to keep on going to 40. But the hunger was so strong, even my mouth was salivating when I would think about uh, food, and I was just trying to still fight it off. But I was in agony, and Jesus appeared to me in a vision personally, and he, he actually walked through the wall, and he came into this little room where I was praying, and the first thing he said to me, he said, I would like for you to start eating again. So that's why I knew. The, in the fast, well, well, yes, because he told me, but also because the grace had lifted. So it's, if the grace lifts, then, you know, you just go back to your normal thing. But I believe there's also a grace too fast, and so you just need to step into it, and you'll see that that grace is there, and just go as you would like and enjoy the fast and draw near to the Lord. Praise God. Now, it's very important when you're fasting to pray. If you're not praying on a fast, then it's more or less, maybe we could call it a hunger strike. And uh, you know, who, who wants to waste their time doing that? I think if you are a Christian and you just fast, you can be more sensitive to the presence of God. But if you don't pray, uh, it, you always see uh, the context of fast, uh, fasting mixed and coupled with prayer. So if you're going to fast and not pray, I would really just encourage a person to not even really fast, because you need to pray. If you're not going to pray, it's not going to do much good. It's not going to do much good at all. And there have been times when I've looked back, and I've seen others that I've encouraged to fast, or maybe they've joined me on a corporate fast, but I I could just tell they, were not, they weren't praying. And, you know, I can't, I just can't constantly do corporate prayer meetings to try to like pull them along with me. So I'll pray. So they'll pray. Uh, we could have some corporate prayer meetings, but I just can't, I just can't like carry it for them. But there are some people, they're just, they're just not going to pray. And you know what? If you fast without prayer, not much is going to change. Even if you're riding the coattails because your church is doing it, and you jump in on the corporate fast, and you just kind of get pulled along with that, if you're not praying, you know, eventually that's, that ship's going to reach the, the harbor, you're going to pull in, it's going to be over, and you just continue with your life, and not much is going to have changed, except for the fact that maybe you could say, hey, I did a 21-day fast, or I did a 10-day fast, or something like that. I did it with my church. But if you're not praying, you're not going to see long-term results, and you're not going to see the release of the blessing that God will give to you if you really pray, and uh, you draw near to the Lord on a fast. So it's very, very important that if you're fasting, that you need to be spending extra time in prayer. I also want to mention that fasting is not a fix-all. Um, some people have certain problems in their life, they're having they're having difficulties in their life, and they think that if they just fast, that's going to fix their problem. Well, if you are a person that works with tools, and you need a hammer, 
you go to your toolkit, you don't grab a screwdriver, you take the hammer. You cannot make a screwdriver, or at least you shouldn't try. You shouldn't try to use it or make it, um, you know, do what only a hammer can do. And that's what I've seen some people do. They have a certain issue. They won't do the right thing to fix it, but they're going to fast. And they think if they fast, that's going to fix it. But I, I see them, they're taking the wrong tool and they're, they're making the wrong application with it. And then they fast and then the fast ends and then nothing happens. And then three months later, nothing's changed. Why? They're using the wrong tool. Maybe they need to do something else. Maybe they need to, uh, uh, let me see if I can give an example. Sometimes people fail to use wisdom and they make a bad decision because of the bad decision. Now there is a bad consequence in their life. Let me say this. If you are disobedient to the Lord, if you're disobedient to his commandments, you open the door of your life for the devil to come in. And if he comes in, he will introduce an area of chaos in your life. Disobedience to God, whether knowingly or unknowingly disobedience to God and his word will bring chaos into your life. So sometimes if there's an open door and the enemy comes in, what some, what some Christians do is they'll say, oh, I'm going to fast so that God will uh, cause us to stop. And I'm like, well, you don't need to fast. You need to stop doing the thing that you're doing. That's wrong. These crazy decisions, these uh, these things that you're doing that are wrong, you need to stop doing those wrong things. You don't need to fast to do that. You just need to stop doing it. <laughs> because if you're going to fast to keep on doing these wrong things, you're still going to get this, uh, this mess. So, you know, I, I'm reminded of the scripture from the Old Testament where the prophet Samuel told Saul, King Saul, uh, he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Well, I'm going to do a 40-day fast. I'm going, to, I'm going to sacrifice and do a 40-day fast. Well, look, that's nice, but God, God's not interested in your 40-day fast if you're not going to be obedient. You need to be obedient first. And then if you want to do some type of offering or sac sacrifice or holy consecration, go ahead. But you need to be obedient. So you can't take a screwdriver and make it do what a wrench could do. You can't take fasting and, make, and, and think, well, it's just a fix-all. It can't fix everything. And some things don't respond to fasting. Wow, how about that? The law of the harvest will not respond to fasting. You could be a farmer, and you could, you could sit on the front porch of your house as a farmer, and look out over your, your fields, all the acreage that you have. You could sit on the front porch of your house and look at all of that acreage, and you could say, I'm going to fast for 40 days, and I'm going to fast and ask God to give me a harvest. But you know what? That harvest um, and that field will not respond to your fasting. God did not design it to. That, that harvest that would await you, and that field that's, that has that's open and ready, it's going to only respond to seed. And so until that farmer is willing to sow and plant seed, he's never going to have a harvest. Okay? So it's nice that maybe he would want to fast, but you, you're trying to take the wrong tool and apply it to something that it won't work on that. Woo! 
Praise God. Hallelujah. So it is good to fast and pray, because while you're fasting and praying, sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you the right tool. He'll give you the right tool to show you that you're making a wrong application. But just realize that. Realize it can't fix everything. It's not meant to be. There's something that we, that we can do. We need to do it. But still, you always want to fast. Now, in the sense that seed or harvest is also very similar to money, and receiving, you know, as we would say, giving and receiving, sowing and reaping, this is still where fasting can help you. Because while that harvest is only going to respond to seed, won't respond to fasting, while the law of the harvest deals with seed, and it doesn't have respect for fasting, fasting will help you to get your life right so that you can work with God's principles and you can get the harvest in. Woo! Praise God. How about an example? Um, let's use Pastor Jerry Falwell as an example. He's now in heaven. The founder of Liberty Baptist University, now they just call it Liberty, which if I'm correct is the largest Christian university in the world today. I think their endowment now is over $1 billion dollars. So they're financially strong, and they're experiencing wonderful growth, and I'm very happy for them. And I'm sure Dr. Falwell in heaven is very happy to look over the balcony of heaven and see how well the university is doing, which he founded. But there was a time, if we go back about two decades, when it was on the rocks, and it looked like it, it could um, collapse and be shut down because of two things, gigantic debt, and the, the potential failure to lose their accreditation. They were going to have their accreditation pulled because of their shaky finances. And if you're a university and you're, you're handing out diplomas that are not accredited, who wants to go there? Because your diploma doesn't mean anything. It's not, it's not accredited. It, it's just a piece of paper, you know, doesn't mean anything. So, um, Jerry Faldwell decided it was time to do something he had never done before, pull out all the stops, and do the wild crazy thing. What was that, Pastor Stephen? Uh, for him, who was a man that was uh, a little bit hefty, he decided to do a 40-day fast. So I, I, you know, he figured he's got the reserves, the fuel to burn, so he decides to do it. And uh, he locks in and gets into the fast, and you know, he brings the subject up before the Lord, because I read his book uh, about the fast and so forth, and he brings the subject subject up before the Lord, you know, Lord, we're having a lot of trouble financially, uh, we, have, we have a lot of debt, and we're facing the loss of accreditation, Lord, we need some money. And you know what the Lord told him? The Lord said, I don't want to talk with you about money, I want you to get your, your relationship and your walk with me right. Because you know, as a, as a pastor of a large church, and as the president of a university, it's real easy to get busy, 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 and your walk with God can begin to slip. But you, you have to be careful, those of you that are preachers, you know what I'm talking about, you can still get up there and talk, and there's a lot of people, they can't tell the difference in the anointing, and you could stand up there with no anointing, and just, you know, just get, you know, share some kind of a message, but in your heart, you know, you're empty, in your heart, you know, you're dry, and you, in your heart, you know, this is not on the level that God wants me to minister at. So, the Holy, 
Holy Spirit revealed to him, you need to get your walk right. And the Lord told him that, you need to get your walk with me right. And then, you know, we can talk about that, but not right now. The Lord actually told him, I don't want to talk with you about money. Wow. But you know what? He wasn't discouraged. He continued on the fast, and he completed the 40-day fast. I can't remember how many pounds he lost. I think he lost like uh, 40-something pounds. And, you know, after the 40 days, you stop to think about that. 40 days, no food. And he's drinking water, and one time a day he would drink a V8, uh, which is like a vegetable drink, a very, you know, very thin liquid. And that, that was it. So, you know, 40 days, prayer and fasting, the fast was over, and nothing changed. But he sensed in his heart that he was happy, because he had gotten his relationship back with God where it needed to be real close with God back in love with God you know happy about the things of God and so what, what's going on the lights breaking forth like Isaiah chapter 58 talks about the fast where the light begins to break forth and so there's joy what is all of this this is refreshing that you, you you're getting refreshed and so he ate I think over the next 21 days and regained his natural weight and he said 21 days after the fast was over, he said the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm now ready to talk with you about money. Woo! Hallelujah. You know what he did? He went right back into another 40-day fast with no food. Isn't that amazing? You know, when something means something to you, and that, that university was like a child, that was like his baby, you know, that's, that's the, the assignment, the, the thing that God gave him to raise up. And he was not going to let it die. He was not going to let it, uh, you know, crash and become a failure. And I, I really want to ask some of you, what are you going to do about, your, about these great promises God has given you? Are you just going to let it just linger forever? You know, you, are you going to rise up and seek the Lord and say, Lord, let's do something about this. Let's, let's push it through. Let's see your glory come. Well, you know, that's just something you have to decide in your own heart. Are you hungry? Do you really want to see God move in your life? I'm giving you a platform to go into the glory realm, fasting and prayer. Praise God. Well, he goes into another 40-day fast. This would be the second one. And he completes the second 40-day fast. 40 days, no food, just drinking water, one V8 throughout each day, one time a day. And after, after that 40-day fast, the second one was complete, he sensed God was going to do something. He didn't know how. Uh, he, you know, you know, all, all the natural problems are still there. Uh, the, the financial lack, the great debt, the accreditation potentially falling apart. But he feels peace. He feels like God's got it. And a man and his wife, uh, shortly after this, walked onto the campus, talked with him, visited with him. They were sending their young daughter there as a freshman, incoming daughter as a freshman. And while they were talking with him, uh, they handed him a check for 50 million U.S. dollars. 50 million dollars. How about that? Fifth, I want to say it again. Just feels good to say it. 50 million dollars. And by the way, that same man came back later and brought another check. I, I can't remember. I'd have to read the book again, but I think the other check was for 20 million or 30 million or something like that. But long story short, God also. Uh, so through that act they were able to pay off debt I think all of it and also God did another great miracle by sending to Brother Falwell a man who could be the president 
who had the skill to run the university at a very high, very prestigious level. He used to be a Division I uh, college uh, president, so he came in, he was a godsend, got everything squared away with accreditation, and really got the university on the right track, helped take it to the next level, and it's just, you know, heaven came down, the glory came down over that situation. But my friends, you know, don't just wait around and think, I'm waiting for an angel to hold up a sign saying, it is God's will for you to fast. I, I wouldn't wait for that, it's probably not going to happen, I would just encourage you just to go for it. Okay, just find find a date you can start and uh, write it down. Uh, have a you know a couple of good meals before you start. Enjoy yourself, and then just go into a fast. Praise the Lord. One day, three days, whatever whatever you feel you need to do. Just get close to God, and also the Holy Spirit knows your schedule. You know He'll work with you with your schedule. I try to not fast on anniversaries or you know ma you know major kind of like family events because. Uh, you know, you've got to be able to kind of eat with people and hang out and stuff like that. Uh, I kind of watch that on the calendar and try to find those times where I could, you know, get in between and uh, not have uh, something that's going to interrupt me or really make others kind of feel like awkward because I'm the only one not eating. I try not to do that. I don't want people to, especially unbelievers or people that aren't spiritual, I don't want them to ever know that I'm fasting. I don't ever want that to be revealed. Sometimes with some of my uh, close team members, I have to let them know because we're all around each other all the time doing things, and so they would need to know just for the sake of our scheduling and stuff like that. But outside of that, I always try to keep it low profile. And, uh, you know, if we're doing a corporate fast where there's a group of us together, well, then that has to be kind of, you know, more open, but not to those outside, just to those that are in on the, uh, on the loop. Praise God. Now, let me talk a little bit more. I want to uh, just put some more faith into your heart, share these things with you. Um, let's talk about another example. This would be the evangelist Tommy Hicks who was used by God in the late 50s, early 60s in what was known as the Argentine Revival, the Great Argentine Revival. And so he had fasted, kind of like Brother Falwell did, uh, these long back-to-back -back fasts. He did a 40-day fast, and he still did not hear from the Lord, in a sense, with an answer that he was looking for kind of reminds me of Habakkuk who said he would go up in the tower and he would he had already prayed and then he would wait to see what the Lord would say well Tommy Hicks did a 40-day fast and still did not receive the breakthrough that he was looking for so he did another second 40-day fast no food and he came off that and he still did not receive the answer from heaven that he was looking for now by this time people were were telling him, you've got to stop fasting, you're going to kill yourself. And while there is a natural element to these things, and we need to, we need to listen to people that love us, sometimes you can get so hooked by, by God that you're, you, there's a part of you that God, God will cover you, and you're just like, I'm going to go for it. And so that, that's what happened to Brother Falwell, and as you can see, he, you know, he, he made it through it. That's what happened with Tommy Hicks, so he did another 40-day fast, three of them, <laughs> you know, pretty, pretty close stacked together. And after the, the, the third 40-day fast, the Lord began to give him instructions. And he had, he had a great breakthrough one night when he was staying in the home of Demas Shakarian. And the night 
that an angel of the Lord came to visit Tommy Hicks. Actually, Tommy Hicks was staying in the house of Demas Shakarian. Demas Shakarian, as many of you know, is the man that God used to raise up uh, the global organization known as the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. And uh, I used to be a chapter president, and I was familiar, uh, well familiar with uh, Demas's son Richard, who took over the leadership when Demas passed on. But that same night, Tommy Hicks had the vision there in Demas's house. Demas Shakarian, he was taken up into the spirit realm, and he was shown an end time vision that God had for Christian businessmen. And so he was launched into his calling while he laid there on that uh, a Persian rug in his house. And by the way, I've, I've uh, been on that rug before. I had a friend of mine that said he wrapped himself up in the rug and he still hasn't had a vision. <laughs> I said, well, it's not, it's not about the rug. <laughs> the, the, the rug is kept as a historical uh, uh, artifact uh, there at the headquarters. And my friend got the rug and wrapped himself up thinking he would have a vision. Well, it didn't happen. I've, I've also been on the rug, but I wasn't trying to have a vision. I just wanted to see, wow, this is the rug. This is where it happened. Yep, pretty cool. Okay, that's great. But... But nevertheless, uh, two very powerful ministries launched, and it was that night that Tommy Hicks was instructed to go to Argentina, and there's going to be a man named Perone that you're supposed to pray for, and there's going to be revival, there's going to be miracles and all of this stuff. So he gets on a plane, and it was Demas Shakarian who paid for his ticket to get there, because Demas was a very wealthy man. And thank God we need businessmen and businesswomen in the church who are prospering in their calling and in, the, in, the, in their anointing so they can finance the assignments of God that, that God has to get done in the earth through His servants. And so he gets his ticket, Tommy Hicks does, uh, and he's flying on the plane from America to Argentina, and he's wondering who uh, Perone is. So he asks, he asks the flight attendant, uh, is there somebody in Argentina who has the last name Perone? Well, she said, well, of course, it's our president. And so, well, he gets to Argentina, makes his way to the presidential palace, uh, greeted outside by the armed guards. And one of the guards says, you know, like, what is it that you want? What are you doing here? He was very rough, very, uh, you know, very kind of aggressive. He said, well, I want to meet with the president, and, uh, you know, I want to be able to pray for him, and and so forth. But long story short, uh, the guard had, uh, he was in severe pain, even as he was standing there. And, uh, and Tommy Hicks asked if he could pray for the guard. And the guard said, well, sure, yeah. And Tommy Hicks prayed for him, and the guy was instantly healed. And he said, he told Tommy Hicks, he said, you come back in a few days, and I'll get you to the president. Well, he came back in a few days, and that guard who had been healed got him to the president. And uh, President Perone at that time was suffering from a severe case of eczema. Uh, it was so bad that he had gotten to a point where he refused to go out, refused to have his picture taken, and only would make rare public appearances. And so, you know, uh, President Perone was like, he was like puzzled. He, he told Tommy Hicks, are you, are you telling me that God still does miracles today? You know, like, like in the Bible? And Tommy Hicks said, yes. Well, so the president says, well, would you pray for me? And so Tommy Hicks prayed for him, laid hands on him, and in front of everybody, in front of the staff, everybody, the eczema instantly disappeared, and he was left, President Perone was left with skin like a baby, just fresh, clean, beautiful skin, and, you know, the president was just like, what do you want? And Tommy Hicks like, I, I want a meeting place, I want, I want to be able to uh, hold meetings without any 
any uh, agitation, any problems, and uh, the president said, you've got it, and that launched the Argentina revival. Hallelujah. I don't believe any of these things would have happened if there was not some flesh offered on the altar. Praise God of sacrifice. Talking about fasting with prayer. But prayer is powerful, but I think even prayer can only get you to a certain place and you need to do some fasting if you really want to go over into the glory realm. Get over into the miracle realm. That's when those two really unite with a, like a nitroglycerin type explosive uh, chemical reaction when you put them together. And the power is amplified many, many times over. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Praise God. Sometimes when you're fasting, um, you know, you get a few days into your fast those of you that have done longer fast, you know that sometimes if you get out in these longer fast, you can have days where your soul is just like, uh, just flat. You, you don't feel much joy because maybe you're halfway through a long fast and you, you've committed to go a certain amount of days and you look on the calendar, you're like, wow, I'm only halfway there. <laughs> this feels like forever. And also when you're on a long fast, time slows down real, real slow, uh, especially if you're on a water fast. It's like, a, it's like a day feels like, you know, like four weeks or something like that. So, you know, your soul can just be like, oh, you know, what can you do during times like that? I would encourage you to just maybe sit down in a quiet place and listen to some very anointed praise and worship music. And just, uh, even if you're physically weak, just begin to sing along. And I tell you what, that'll lift your spirit. It'll so lift your spirit, it'll so refresh you, and then you'll be encouraged to keep on going. I would also uh, encourage you to take communion every day and just worship the Lord during communion. Hallelujah. And just let the Lord bring that cleansing, bring that washing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I believe God's given us tools these disciplines that get over into the glory realm. It's not legalism. Uh, it, it can be turned into legalism, uh, but we're not going to do that. We're going to stay in the grace of God, and we're going we're gonna to go through a fast. I think there can be an enjoyment in the fast, but at the same time, the purpose of a fast also is the cleansing of the soul. So there can be, as it describes, uh, fasting from the senses, your soul is like a bulrush that's bowed down. Some of you may not know what a bulrush is. We called them cattails when I was growing up. They're by the bank of the creek. They grow by water, and sometimes they can bend over or like bow down. These plants, beautiful plants, and sometimes that's the way your soul can feel. Maybe in the heat, you just feel like you uh, have a long fast. Your soul is bowing down. That was just good time to praise and worship the Lord and let the Lord do the cleansing. The food's not going anywhere. It'll all be there when your fast is complete, and you can begin to eat again slowly and build that back up. Praise God. But my friends, I just wanted to give you a little refresher, because fasting with prayer will release great refreshing into your life, and I believe it can bring refreshing into your spirit, soul, body. I believe, I believe it can bring refreshing into your marriage, into your family, into your relationships, into your finances, because now you have the wisdom of God, you have the joy of God. And uh, you can make better decisions financially. Also, you have a heart uh, that's not like all miserly and all withholding. You have a cheerful heart. And God just does a great work, a great work in your life. Praise the Lord. Glory to the Lord. So I feel an, an anointing to release a grace for fasting so that you can just merge into it. 
and just flow into it. And I believe the Holy Spirit will really carry you along. Just like out in the ocean, you can't really see it, but there are what's called the Gulf Stream, and it flows it flows um, out of the Gulf of Mexico, goes around Florida, all the way around Florida, goes all the way from Florida, uh, all the way up along the eastern seaboard, all the way up to the North Atlantic. And it's really just like a river that's in the middle of the ocean. You can't really see it, but if you get in it, it will carry you. You don't really have to struggle. You don't have to really paddle unless you want to go faster. But that thing will just carry you all the way, all the way. And I believe that's what the grace will do. Now, it's still not the same as eating cheeseburgers and pizza, but there is a grace and there is a drawing near to the Lord and there could be a great peace and contentment right in the midst of your fast even a happiness praise God as God is doing a work Heavenly Father I pray for your people I release grace into their lives right now for fasting that this would not be something that's just uh, rare in their life but this would be something that is a discipline that is integrated into their life on a regular basis now we thank you Father God for those that also would feel a longing to uh, maybe do a little bit of a longer fast maybe something over 10 days Father just thank you for that extra grace and the deep soul cleansing Father we thank you receive now in Jesus name Amen praise God Pastor Stephen why are there longer fast well because a, a three day fast cannot accomplish what a 10 day fast can do and there are some things that God would like to do, but they cannot be accomplished on a 10-day fast. Maybe it would take 21 days, okay? So it's just how the Holy Spirit would lead. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, we really need to lead on Him and trust Him. He'll guide, he'll guide us right with great precision every single time. So he'll, he'll help you with your fast. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's take communion today. Praise the Lord. God is good. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Please grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. And so, Father, we sanctify and bless the juice and the bread. We consecrate it. It's now holy and set apart. We thank you, Father, this is now the flesh and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive it now. We thank you, Father, for Jesus our great miracle wonder working God. We receive His flesh in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's protect together. Heavenly Father, thank You for the blood of Jesus. We receive it and His mighty great cleansing power. Thank You, Father, for the blood of Jesus cleansing our souls in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Christ. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, if you're in the New York area, I'm going to be in New York City on June the 30th. I'm going to be ministering in Queens. So, if you're in that area and you want to get into a very powerful service, this is a, this is a powerful apostolic church. And this is going to be a powerful meeting. It's one meeting, Sunday morning. I'll be there. That's the only service I'll be speaking in. I'd love to see you there. And you can go to my ministry website, click on events. So go to stephenbrooks.org, click on events, and there will be the address, the meeting time, 
and so forth. I'd like to see you there in person. And if you are there in person, you're one of my ministry partners, one of my online church members, please, after the service, come up to me and say, hello, I would love to greet you and see you in person. But for now, it's been great speaking to you. Looking forward to talking to you again next time. Pray and ask God about what type of fast would be good for you to step into at this time. Okay? God bless you.